0: Chapter Nine of The Chief Legatee by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Oliva. Chapter Nine, Hunter's Inn. When Mister Ransom re-entered the hotel, which he did under a swoop of wind, which turned his umbrella inside out and drenched him through in an instant it was to find the house in renewed turmoil happily explained by the landlady whom he ran across on the stairs oh mr johnson she cried as she edged by him with a pile of bed-linen on her arm please excuse all this fuss another guest is coming i have just got a telegram a famous lawyer from new york our house will be full to-night where will you put him inquired mr ransom with a good-natured air there seem to be no unoccupied rooms on this hall more's the pity she sighed with a half inquiring half deprecatory look at this fortunate first comer i shall have to put him below poor man i'm afraid he won't like it but mr ransom remained silent but she went on with a sudden cheerfulness i will make it up in the supper that shall be as good a one as our kitchen will provide four city guests all in one day that's a good many for this quiet hotel four retorted mr ransom as he turned towards his own door the number has grown by two since i went out oh didn't i tell you the lady her name's mrs ransom brings her sister with her the little girl who yes i am coming this latter to some perplexed domestic down the hall who had already called her twice i mustn't stand talking here she apologized as she hurried away but do take care of yourself you are dreadful wet how i wish the weather would clear up mr ransom wished the same to say nothing of his own inconvenience it was a source of anxiety to him that she should have to ride these inevitable ten miles in such a chilling downpour besides a storm of this kind complicated matters gave him less sense of freedom shut him in as it were with the mystery he was there to unravel but which for some reason hardly explainable to himself filled him with such a sense of foreboding that he had moments in which he thought only of escape but his part must be played and he prepared himself to play it well having changed his clothes and warmed himself with a draught of whiskey he sat down at his table and was busy writing when the maid came in to ask if he could wait for his supper till the coach came or have it earlier and served in his own room with an air of petulance he looked up rapt on the table and replied here here i'm too busy to meet strangers an early supper and an early bed that's the way i get through my work the girl stared and went softly out work that sitting at the table and just putting words on paper if it was beds he had to drag around now or a dozen hungry clamouring men to feed all at once and all with the best cuts or stairs to run up fifty times a day or but i need not fill out her thought it made her voluble in the kitchen and secured him the privacy which his incognito demanded his supper over he waited feverishly for the coach which ordinarily was due at seven in the evening to-night it bade fair to be late owing to the bad condition of the roads and the early darkness the wind had gone down but it still rained not quite so tempestuously as when he roamed the cemetery but steadily enough to keep eaves and branches dripping the sound of this ceaseless drip was eerie enough to his strained senses waiting as he was for an event which might determine the happiness or the misery of his life he tried to forget it and wrote diligently putting down words whose meaning he did not stop to consider so that he had something to show to prying eyes if such should ever glance through his papers but the sound had got on his brain and presently became so insistent that he rose again and flung his window up to see if he were deceived in thinking he heard a deep roar mingling with the incessant patter a roar which the wind had hitherto prevented him from separating from the general turmoil but which now was apparent enough to call for some explanation he had made no mistake a steady sound of rushing water filled the outside air a fall was near a fall by means of which no doubt the factories were run why had he not thought of this why had its sound held a note of menace for him awakening feelings he did not understand and from which he sought to escape a factory fall swollen by the rain what was there in this to make his hand shake and cause the deepening night to seem positively hateful to him with a bang he closed the window then he softly threw it up again surely he had heard the noise of wheels splashing through the pools of the highway the coach was coming and with it what his room was in the gable end facing the road from it he could look directly down on the porch of entrance a fact which he had thankfully noted at his first look as he heard the bustle which now broke out below and caught the gleam of a lantern coming round the corner of the house he softly stepped to his lamp and put it out then took his stand at the window the coach was now very near he could hear the straining of the harness and the shouts of the driver in another moment it drew lumberingly up a man from the hotel advanced with an umbrella a young lady was helped out who standing one moment in the full glare of the lights thrown upon her from the open door showed him the face and form he knew so well and loved yes loved for all her mystery as he knew by the wild beating of his heart and the irresistible impulse he felt to rush down and receive her in his arms to her great terror doubtless but to his own boundless satisfaction and delight but strong as the temptation was he did not yield to it something in her attitude as she stood there talking earnestly to the driver held him spellbound and alert all was not right there was passion in her movements and in her voice what she said drew the heads of landlady and maid from the open door and caused the man with the lantern to peer past her into the coach and backward along the road what had happened nothing that concerned the lawyer mr ransom could see him disentangling himself from the coverings in front where he had ridden with the driver but the sister was not there no other lady got out of the coach even after his young wife had finished her conversation with the driver and disappeared into the house how can i stand this thought mr ransom as the coach finally rattled and swished away towards the stable i must hear i must see i must know what is going on down there this because he heard voices in the open hall crossing to his own doorway he listened his wife and mr harper had stepped into the office close by the front door he could hear now and then a word of what they said but not all venturing a step further he leaned over the balustrade which extended almost up to his own door this was better he could now catch most of the words and sometimes a sentence they all referred to the sister temper her own way deaf would walk in all the rain and slush a strange character you can't imagine and other similar phrases uttered in a passionate and half-angry voice then ejaculations from mrs Dio and a word or two of caution or injunction in the polished tones of the lawyer followed by a sudden rush towards the staircase over which he was leaning show me my room rang up in georgian's bell-like tones then i'll tell you what to do about her she isn't easily managed but she'll get her death expostulated mrs Dio to say nothing of her losing her way in this dreadful darkness let me send not yet broke in his young wife's voice with just a hint of asperity in it she must trudge out her tantrum first i think her idea was to show that she remembered the old place and the lane where she used to pick blackberries you needn't worry about her getting cold she's lived a gypsy life too many years to mind wind and wet but it's different with me i'm all in a shiver which is my room please she was now at the head of the stairs mr ransom had closed his door but not latched it and as she turned to go down the hall followed by the chattering landlady he swung it open for an instant and so caught one full glimpse of her beloved figure she was dressed in a long raincoat and had some sort of modish hat on her head which in spite of its simplicity gave her a highly fashionable air a woman to draw all eyes but such a mystery to her husband such a mystery to all who knew her story or rather her actions for no one seemed to know her story events did not halt he heard her give this and that order open a door and look in say a word of commendation ask if the key was on her side of the partition then shut the door again and open another ah this looks comfortable she exclaimed in great satisfaction is that my bag put it down please i'll open it now if you leave me a moment alone i'll soon be ready but you mustn't expect me to eat till anitra comes i couldn't do that oh she's a dreadful trial mrs Dio. you have a motherly face and i can tell you that the girl is just eating up my life if she weren't my very self deafened by hard usage and rendered coarse and wilful by years of a miserable and half-starved life i couldn't bear it especially after what i've sacrificed for her i've parted with my husband but i can't talk i can't i would not have said so much if you hadn't looked so kind all this her husband heard followed by a sob or two quickly checked however by a high strained laugh and the gay remark i'm wet enough but she'll be dripping i'm afraid she'll have to have her supper in her room she got out at the new schoolhouse and started to come through the lane it must be a weltering pool if i'm dressed in time i'll come down and meet her at the door meanwhile don't wait for us give mr harper his supper her door closed then suddenly opened again if she don't come in in ten minutes let someone go to the head of the lane but be sure it's a careful person who won't startle her i've got to put on another dress so don't bother me i'll hear her when she enters her own room and will speak to her then if i dare i'm not sure that i shall and the door shut to again this time with a snap of the lock quiet reigned once more in the hall save for mrs Dio's muttered exclamations as she made her laborious way downstairs had this good woman been less disturbed and not in so much of a hurry she might have noted that the door of her literary guest's room was ajar and stopped to ask why the lamp remained unlit for five minutes for ten minutes he watched and listened passing continually to and fro from door to window but his vigilance remained unrewarded by any further movement in the hall or by the sight of an approaching figure up the road he began to feel odd and was asking himself what sort of fool work this was when a clatter of voices rose below followed by heavy steps on the veranda one or two men were going out and as it seemed to him the landlady too for he heard her say just as the door closed let me on ahead she must see a woman's kind face first poor child or we shall not succeed in getting her in i know all about these wild ones End of chapter nine